0: Welcome to Education Newscast, episode number 89 now. Um, today, again, as English edition, as you might hear already, my name is Christoph Hafner from SAP Education and with my co-host and colleague, Thomas Jenewein, today. Hi, Thomas. Hi there. Hi, and today's guest is yeah, another SAP colleague and podcast host. So we are a little podcasting community today. It's Josephine Mohnberg from Denmark. Hello, Josie. Great to have you.
1: Hello. Thank you for having me. And first of all, congratulations on 89 episodes. As a fellow podcast host, I can only say, wow, I'm impressed. <laughs> thank
0: you. Yeah, it's our yes, little thanks. experiment. So, we are really trying to have a weekly show and it's it's sometimes it's challenging, but we are also producing upfront some inter- interviews from time to time. So, that uh, makes it a little bit more relaxed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm impressed. Yeah,
0: thank you. So… Um Josie you are sitting in in Denmark today usually you are sitting somewhere else i think in New York right
1: This is correct yes so i have an interesting setup i am typically based out of New York City where i've lived for about 6 years and right when covid hit i decided that i thought it would be more interesting or a better choice to be stuck in Denmark with my family and my close friends versus New York City where I live in a shoebox apartment. So I yeah. kind of did the last minute airplane ticket buying and just got out of uh, New York just in time for right before the whole city basically went in lockdown.
0: Yeah, and and uh, New York is really, has been hidden very hard by, by yes. this virus. And um, I think it's very hard for people really being yeah, locked in such a small apartment, as many people live there in, in small apartments, not in huge ones, uh,
1: <laughs> Yeah. Might I be will... really
0: challenging, right?
1: Yeah, I was going to say, so I have a tiny apartment in New York. It's in a very nice area, but it is it is really a shoebox. And I just was kind of dreading being stuck there without, you know, the option of going outside or really doing anything. And I talked to my friends who are there and they're saying it's really tough because, there's not as you you move to New York because you want to be in a city where you go out and you do things and you're very social. And when you can't really do that, that you're just sitting inside and you're not really able to go out and enjoy yourself and make the most of what the city has to offer. So no. definitely a tough city, I think, to be stuck in right now. All well, my my respect goes all out to everybody who's stuck in New York.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yes, mm. Yeah. It's it's same, you know, yeah. Yeah, I was there so, just last year in, in September with my wife for a short holiday. And it was so vital. And as New York is usually so, so many people on the street. It was crowded mm-hmm. everywhere. And when I see the pictures now, I really can't believe that. Uh, so yeah. it's, it's really tough.
1: Same. Yeah. yeah, I feel exactly the same.
0: Okay, and our topic, what we want to talk about today, um, is related to that finally. So we want to talk about communication in times of a pandemic as we we have it today, and especially in in these COVID times. Um, But before we start, um, maybe you can introduce yourself a little bit and tell us what has been your journey so far.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I gave you a little uh, sneak peek of where I am location-wise. So I lived in New York for about, like I said, six years. I moved there to study my master's degree where I wanted to study branding and integrated communications. So my educational background is also in communications. And then I stumbled upon SAP while I was still in school. And Actually, started working in a group called University Alliances, which has a lot to do with kind of creating alliances with different universities globally and how we can foster a better collaboration between universities and co develop technology and, and so on. So, that was a really cool kind of first job at SAP. And then from that on, I started working for um, SAP's digital transformation officer, so around kind of digital transformation, but always in the area of communication. And now I'm part of a group that's called Global Industry and Value Advisory. So mm-hmm. I lead all communication for our team, and then I also host a podcast, as we also talked about in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So I host a podcast that's called Industry Insights by SAP, and that's really because we are part of a broader group at SAP called Industries and uh, Customer Advisory, where we focus a lot on what we can offer in the different industries. We, of course, provide our thought leadership within the different industries. And we're really here to guide our customers through different situations and, and through their digital transformations. So uh, right now, I'm doing a special edition of the industry. I have to do a little promotion for my own podcast, of course. Of course, so totally, totally. <laughs> 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 so we'll provide a link at the end. Um, but I'm doing something right now where I basically interview all of SAP's um, industry heads about what is going on related to COVID in the different industries. So what's the immediate impact of COVID? What's the more long-term impact and what's going to happen after COVID, especially related to technology and digital transformation. So if you're interested mm. in all of that stuff, go listen to it. <laughs> yeah,
0: and we will definitely link to it. And Thank it's, you. Um, it's it's um, hosted on the same platform, of course, as our um, uh, podcast is as well on on OpenSAP. There you find, um, I think, almost um, 14 podcasts now so the number is, yeah. is still rising and a lot of different shows and I think there is um, um, a lot of interesting audio material for everyone. Um, so we want to talk about yeah com- communication in, in COVID times um, and maybe the first question that that we had is where do you see uh, the the main challenges there as you you just uh, mentioned that you you had a, and you you see it when when you look at the your series of podcasts a lot um, of covid topics are covered there so where where do you see yeah. the main challenges
1: yeah so let's start by kind of looking back at before covid hit because we were all going on business as usual, communicating as we normally would with, of course, the aim of selling products and solutions um, or services, whatever the, a company sells. And then COVID hit. In the beginning, I don't think really people really realized how big of an impact this would have on everything, business, consumer behavior, society, on just the world in general. But as we went along and we went through this pandemic we suddenly realized that this changes everything and of course that also includes the way we communicate because you can't sit in a global pandemic and be like hey go sell or go buy all of our products and solutions they're great when people are literally you know losing their jobs uh businesses are going down when we're living in this crazy, unprecedented time where things just are not as usual. And then, of course, your communication also shouldn't be as usual. Mm. And that was when we, and I can speak from an SAP perspective, we realized we have to switch from being, okay, we're here to sell something to you, of course, also with the aim of helping our customers, which is very important for us, but showing empathy and that we're here to help. And I think that's what a lot of businesses have done right if you look at businesses and you look at what they're even what they're producing right now they've gone from especially in the automotive industry selling let's say cars to suddenly realizing okay the market right now is booming people aren't going out and buying cars like crazy because people aren't really as mobile as they used to be so they changed their production to selling products like personal protective equipment that people can really use and a business needs to be able to communicate that and I think that was the main challenge in the beginning is trying is seeing okay one is the realization that we have to switch our communication but two is well then how do we do that how do we go from communicating about our products and solution as we normally would to saying well, one, how do we restructure the way that we run our business, even with the solutions that we provide, which SAP has also done, to saying, well, how do we then communicate that to our customers? To How do we tell them that we're here to help, that we are empathetic and that we're here for you? And I think that has been the main challenge in this current uh, time that we're living in, is going from one communication form to another.
0: Mm. Yeah, and it, it's very disruptive, right?
2: And can you give uh, some examples? Uh, so, of course, I, I know some of them. So what we offered, for example, for our customers, I think like the remote work pilots, so where we help the customers. But Do you have some concrete examples how which show how we uh, uh, try to, to show that empathy? Jordan? Yeah,
1: of course. Yeah. So you mentioned one of them right now, which is Qualtrics. Mm. Um, so mm. we basically have, we've offered a lot of things for free at SAP. I think the two main... Examples I can give is what you touched on, which is Qualtrics. So essentially, we're offering a free, uh, free employee pulse check, so that this. Is all, I think it's also a customer pulse check, but where companies can go in and kind of figure out how their employees or their customers are feeling. And I think especially for employees right now, that's something that's extremely important, right? You need to be able to understand. You have an employee who's used to going to work, potentially going into the office, doing things a certain way, and then suddenly people are stuck at home. That has a huge psychological effect on humans. So that's one of the things that we've offered in relation to specifically Qualtrics, is that business can now go in, run this pulse check, and then figure out how their employees or their customers are doing. So that's one way we're trying to help. And then we also have um, Arepa Discovery, which is essentially a platform where you can procure items. And I've seen, at least in the podcast that I've done, I've already done a couple of interviews about how we've actually used that to help our customers completely for free. So I feel like maybe you guys have heard this example before, but I really thought that that was a really cool example. But there was a VP of sales um, at SAP who essentially got a call from a customer saying, I need a I need 500 hospital beds in 30 minutes for a, a hospital actually in New York. And, you know, this VP was like, well, no problem. I'll easily find those in our extremely simple ecosystem of SAP. So, you know, no big deal. But he actually managed to do it through Ariba Discovery. And that was, of course, he's usually a person who's able to sell something. And now he was doing it completely for free just so that he could help. And I think... That's actually another important thing when it comes to communication is one thing is the communications people at a company that needs to be able to reshift how you communicate, but it's actually also the responsibility of all of the employees that are at a company. They also have to be able to shift the way they communicate with customers, with employees, and with the market in general. I think that's something we've worked very hard on at SAP.
2: Yeah, uh, absolutely. And uh, so one example just from the training field. Of course, we also had to, let's say, stop our communication around our classroom training offerings and then also frame the whole situation. So on the one hand, also show perhaps free or the freemium offerings, but also, uh, let's say, the virtual offerings, which you can uh, also leverage in the home office. So I think mm-hmm. this framing of the situation uh, also probably is also important part of the empathy that you just go, don't mm-hmm. go on, and so what you actually mm-hmm.
1: sorry to interrupt you, but you yeah. actually touch on a good point there because I'm part of at SAP this uh, kind of task force um, for the part of SAP you know the organization that I belong to so Industries and Customer Advisory where they've set down mm-hmm. this task force team where we essentially look at the different pieces of, well, what do we now need to do differently to better serve our customers and be empathetic and be there for them during this crisis? And one of the things that we focus on, apart from communications, is also enablement. So how do we go in and enable the field? Because we're part of um, the customer-facing team at SAP. So how do we enable our customer-facing teams to better have that empathy and communication with our customers. So that's a really critical and important piece of what we do as part of our industries and customer advisories, enabling our field, giving them the right resources, the right materials to talk to our customers where they are in the industries that they belong to.
2: Um, so, and if you look in the future, uh, Chelsea, let's say, we hope all, of course, that perhaps in half a year or a year, the pandemic is uh, more or less over. So I think some things uh, won't bounce back 100 percent. Also, we will. There will be some differences. So, so do you have any, let's say, few on the crystal ball or uh, so? <laughs> let's say, how, how how it will change uh, through hmm. the crisis?
1: Mm. It's a it's a great question and. I, it's funny you said the crystal ball. I always also ask my guests on my show to bring out their crystal ball. And I'm always like, you know, please please look into the future, which is, you know, such an easy thing to just do. So thank you for doing uh, <laughs> that to me as well. I feel like, you know, the roles are so reversed now. Um, but you're right. I don't think, I think COVID-19 has had some or is still having some impacts on human beings and our behaviors that will fundamentally change i don't i think i think humans are also very you know we get used to things so let's say that we get out of this crisis out of this pandemic i think some things will go back to normal because we tend Mm -hmm. to also forget and we tend to kind of okay now we are in this new um, reality where a lot of the pieces resemble what we used to be living in, for example, in Denmark, where I'm at now, they've opened up restaurants and they've opened up malls, and people are honestly going back to the way it was before, to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But I also still think that if we look at, for example, employees' behavior at work, to t- to give you an example, so I did an interview with somebody who told me that she used to travel a lot for work. She was a customer facing and she used to travel every week to be on a flight. And now she's realizing a lot of what she did in person can actually be done over whatever platform you're using, Zoom or, or Teams or whatever you're using to communicate. And she said to me, well, do I need to sit on a flight every week? Is that something that I can have a conversation about with my management team? Because if it's working as well, why do I need to do that? And I think that's something that businesses have to consider is to look at, well, if you look at your the humans that you as a business interact with, whether it's employees or it's your customers or it's your suppliers, which is also a huge topic, you have to figure out what will change and how can you accommodate that. An important part of that is one, to show empathy again. I think that's key. Mm. And another part is to say, well, how do we communicate to you that we're here and that we understand you? Because I also think another piece of all of this is throughout COVID, companies have been very empathetic. They've been showing we're here. We want to help you. They've been promising a lot of things. Well, now's the time after kind of moving out of COVID is weak keep our promises. We didn't just promise things during COVID because it was strategically smart. We are still here to help you. So I think it has to be a transition, not a um, very abrupt kind of going from COVID-19 and then just, okay, now we're back to usual. So I think in that sense, communication will change in the way that businesses again have to You always have to be empathetic in your communication as a company, but I think it's something that has to be way more sustainable and to be a fundamental piece of your business. And then I think the second piece is around purpose. So we've talked a lot about purpose, right, for a very Mm. long time. Businesses talk a lot about, for example, the United Nations, 17 Global Goals for Sustainable Development. And in case you're listening out and you haven't heard of them, uh, go check them out. It's about kind of how we can create a more sustainable world. They've been created by the UN. But my point is we've moved from communicating about CSRs, or corporate um, social responsibility, but it's been a lot about just, we're saying, we're now we're supporting something, we're doing it on a more shallow level. I think COVID-19 has accelerated purpose in the sense that We communicate about it, but we have to back our communication up with what we're actually doing. And I think communication has to be way more concrete and evidence-based. So if you're communicating that you're doing something around purpose, you have to be able to back it up with communication that shows what you're actually doing to change it. And I think COVID has accelerated that because a lot of people have seen what world we live in and how when you don't have a world that where you take care of the environment and you take care of human beings and our planet, what can actually happen? So I think businesses will have a bigger responsibility towards purpose, communicating about it and being able to back up the communication with concrete evidence of what they're doing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Very good point. So I think the acceleration uh, or the catalysm i think that's a big thing but i really like the the focus on the purpose you'll be point out mm. absolutely so if i would ask you let's say what are your tips for listeners who also want to rethink their communication so probably it's about those two topics how to show more empathy how to yeah revisit the purpose or really uh, Perhaps make this clearer or align it uh, to the situation. So do you have further tips uh, for communication in the current times for our listeners?
1: I think it's going to be crucial moving forward. And this, by the way, is not just moving forward. This is also just something we have to do now and have had to do for a long time. But it's to truly understand who we're communicating to. And I kind of brought this up earlier, but understanding what the behaviors are what they were during covid and how they're changing so that we can accommodate those and that we can communicate with empathy. And I think something that's going to be really important is to use data to do this. So I actually did an interview with a really cool startup called Reviews that SAP invested in. So we have this program called SAP IO where we invest in different startups and essentially what the startup is doing is that they're using machine learning to understand and analyze sentiments from consumers so that they know what the consumer behavior is. And what I talked to the CMO of the company about, his name is Elon, is essentially how that consumer behavior changed during COVID. And there were some really fun and cool examples, but it was, for example, like, okay, this is probably not a surprise to any of you, and I'm talking to two guys now, but shaving kind of like went down a little bit so during COVID so <laughs> I think we've all heard about the COVID-19 uh hair you know like mm-hmm. that kind of can we, goes out of control or the shaving of the beard I think I have a feeling that we've seen a lot of um you know Lord of the Rings inspired um long beards running around during COVID so people were buying less razors so not a surprise, of course, maybe you don't need data to understand that. Um, there's also something about coffee, how actually because people weren't spending a lot of time at home, they invested in good coffee machines. And those might be more obvious examples. But my point is having data like that, right? Can you imagine having data where you can look at, okay, this is how the consumer behavior is changing. This is what, This is, these are the needs of my consumers. And this is what I should be communicating, not just, to help them understand that we're here, but also something that we can take back to the business we're running, right? Like, okay, what should we be doing different? And what kind of product should we be focusing on? But again, showing that empathy, like we understand you've been through a really tough time. You've been through a global pandemic that completely like changed your life. We understand this, we know this, we're working on it from a business. We're here to support you. And we can reach you where you are with our communication. But having those insights to better do that, I think, is going to be critical moving forward. At least that's one of the things that I think will be important. And I think it's a good tip for anyone who's doing anything with communication.
2: Yeah, thanks so much for sharing. Yeah, I think if I look at our business, I think the challenge is to bridge this gap between, let's say, keep the business running. But, of course, we need to look at the current situation and we can't yeah. do the business like as, as, as in the past. But these were very good tips, which I think everyone can, can consider. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, in, so, and, you, and you have a point there because at SCP we at least, I think this is maybe a more broad um, term, so we use, but we talk about um, respond, which is kind of the first phase of the global pandemic. So how are we as a business responding to it? Then there's the recovery phase, which certain Mm. companies are kind of starting to go into or maybe are already in. I think at least I can say for Denmark, I'm seeing that we are in the recovery phase and businesses in Denmark are in the recovery phase. And then there is reimagine. So do we reimagine our business models based on what has happened and how do we do that? And I can just see clearly, both from SAP perspective but also generally speaking for businesses that I've interacted with that they've considered those three faces, right? For example, this is just an example, but now when I go into a store in Denmark, there's a little sign saying, and it's a small gesture, but there's a little sign saying, welcome back. We've missed you. We're glad to have Mm. you back. Please be mindful of, you know, your fellow um, human beings, whatever the customers, so that we can take care of each other. But that little sign of like, we've missed you. Welcome back. It shows that a business has personality. It's showing we understand we're now moving into the next phase, but let's still be mindful of each other. So doing something like that, I think is, is critical. And I can give you another example. There is a business in Denmark. Actually, it's one of my friends who runs it. It's a startup and they were selling ski goggles, right? You can imagine ski goggles probably isn't the thing that's selling the best <laughs> during COVID-19. <laughs> yeah. Considering, you know, at least in, in Denmark, a lot of the um, outbreaks here also came from a ski resort in Austria. So, yeah, not a lot yeah. of skiing. And, of course, their business were literally going down. And actually, he told me, I met him on the street yesterday, and he told me that the guy who was there to to start and this business went to New York... And they just got him a visa and he literally went with his entire family to New York and then COVID-19 hit and their business got hit. But what they did, which I thought was really, really cool and a great way of communicating is they started um, these videos where this guy who went to New York basically filmed himself with the goggles on and he said, listen, I'm not out to sell you guys a ton of stuff. I know this is not the time you're going to just probably buy ski goggles, but I am giving them away at like 90% off, which is what we can still cover as a business. We can still survive if you buy them for this price, which is, of course, extremely affordable. And it was kind of this personal story and a plea to Mm. consumers to support them. But it didn't come across as greedy or as in, buy these goggles. We know you're not going to ski anytime soon, but do it anyways. It was... (laughs) very <laughs> it was very empathetic and personal and i think that's a really good example of great communication is we understand you we're empathetic we know you don't have the the liquidity to probably go out and do buy all of our stuff right now but we are meeting you halfway or even more than halfway and if you can support us then we'll take any support that you can give and they had so much empathy for their customer and i think that that needs to be evident throughout all communication um in the future mm.
0: yeah and um so we see what yeah what huge impact um such a new disruptive uh, situation and change in, in just in weeks um really uh, can have and it affects really Businesses, but also um, the area of education, and um, of course education and development in in companies and, and businesses, as well as in schools and um, universities. So um, people are really learning a lot there. Um, can you maybe, um, as our podcast is is really dealing with such topics? Um, Can you maybe um, describe us a little bit how you uh, use, Yeah, how do you see learning and people development changing in such times?
1: Yeah. I think the obvious answer is we're going more virtual. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a surprise to anyone. And you guys also hit on it earlier. I think a lot of the learning is going to be, reimagined again, going back to the point that I made earlier, which is we're suddenly realizing how many things we can do virtually. So at SAP, it's part of our DNA and our culture that we work virtually. So when COVID-19 hit, I'm personally a big fan of going into an office. So for me, it was a little bit tough, but I could still do my work from home. Mm. So in that sense, there wasn't a big change, but I talked to other people. um, For example, my brother, who's a lawyer, who suddenly was like, I can actually do a lot of my client meetings from home. Mm. I can actually do a lot of them virtually. And it was kind of a surprise. And I think that goes for learning as well. Mm. As my mother is a, is a law professor at Copenhagen Law University. And she suddenly had to do it virtually. And I'll say maybe it was a bit of a challenge. Mom, I'm, well, I'm sorry if you're listening. But it might be a little bit <laughs> of a challenge for her in the beginning when she had to do the first lecture virtually. But she managed to do it. Mm -hmm. And it worked. So I see that a lot of universities and institutions and businesses are starting to realize we can do things virtually. Mm -hmm. And I did, I'm shamelessly going to also promote my podcast again. (laughs) Sorry, everyone. But I did an episode (laughs) with uh, Malcolm Woodfield, who's head of higher education at SAP. And I basically, he's much, 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 more of an expert than I am on this topic. So go listen to it if you want an in-depth interview about education and, and how its learning is being impacted. But he took me through kind of what's going on and how institutions are responding and how learning is changing. And of course, virtual was one of the big key topics. So I foresee that a lot of people will find that human connection virtually. And I think... Not only will it happen through classroom learning, but also peer to peer interactions so mm. a lot of people are relying on getting that human connection in person through of course going to school or wherever learning you get your or wherever you get your learning from, which is also great and can't be replaced, but I think it'll supplement a lot of how we do uh, how we learn in the future
0: mm-hmm. mm. do you have maybe um just um little side topic, but in Germany we, we have a discussion in, in schools um, very much that we are just lacking behind um, the evolution of digital schooling since years and um, the, now it depends really on on how skilled um, some teachers are. It really makes the difference if uh, you just get um, a PDF file with, with some tasks or Or if a a teacher just provides you videos and invites you for a virtual um, classroom session or whatever, really trying different things. So um, do you have a discussion on on that in in Denmark as well? This would be very interesting for me.
1: This is a very good question. And people typically lead with this very good question when they don't really know the answer. (laughs) Um, so <laughs> I will I will be honest and tell you that I actually do not know if we are doing any of this from in Denmark. I do know that we did switch to more kind of virtual learning. I think we're trying to bring in uh, virtual reality also into the classrooms, which I've seen in the news but my, knowledge of that area would be a li- little bit limited. So maybe we should do a follow-up episode mm. where I look into that and then <laughs> come yeah. back with an answer.
0: Good. <laughs> yeah. The, so the reason why I was asking was as well, I listened to in, in another podcast, there was um, Christoph Meinl, a professor at the Hasso Plattner Institute. Mm. In I know Meinl. Stam, yeah. And they have this school cloud project uh, since mm. quite a while. And this is currently getting very important and um, so it's just interesting for me to see where are we actually in Germany are we Mm. already very are we some front runners here and only Mm. we have the voices telling us are we are lacking behind or are we really lacking behind and in other countries there's a lot more going on so I I don't have a realistic feeling currently as I also don't have the answers.
1: <laughs> Thank you for saying that you also don't have the answer, so yeah, not the only one. Um, yeah, and I mean, I know a lot about um, planner Institute, because in my previous role, if you guys remembered, I said that I worked for University Alliances, mm-hmm. and we actually did a lot mm-hmm. with them, and, and Christopher Meinel personally came to New York very often to do something. They actually have a school kind of set up in New York City an SAP office, so I know they're at the forefront of Technology in general, mm-hmm. and of course, I'm assuming that they also apply that to what they do. But that's honestly the the extent of my knowledge on that topic.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. So we were already talking about education, and of course, we linked this special podcast you mentioned in the show notes. So I think that's uh, pr- pretty interesting, probably for everyone. So, but we perhaps can look at your own uh, learning and uh, personal development, Josie. Uh, so. Uh, so how do you keep uh, up to date and develop yourself in currently or perhaps even now currently or perhaps more generally?
1: Mm. So it's going to be so lame when I now again mention my podcast because everyone's <laughs> going to be tired of my <laughs> shameless self-promotion. But well, we're I podcast honestly, lovers. That's cool. That's yeah. Absolutely I'm cool. sorry. <laughs> sorry, listeners. I really apologize. <laughs> but um, I will say that doing the interviews that I've done, I've also interviewed Twenty-something industry leaders at SAP has taught me so much, because the depth of knowledge you get from having a conversation with somebody who's super smart is just, I think, something that you can't. It's hard to get from somewhere else. So that's one of the ways that I I listen to a lot of podcasts in general. Um, So that's one of the ways that I really get a lot of information. I also subscribe to something called Abstract. Um, I think that's what it's called, but essentially they have these kind mm. of it's kind of like their their advertisement is like, read a book in you know one paragraph, which is not really mm. completely true, but it it does give you a good summary of some of the key books that are out there right now. So that's something that I would recommend to people who are looking for quick ways to to get knowledge um, through kind of something you can subscribe to very easily online. And then I actually also subscribe to something called in Danish, Illustral Visionscape, but in English, I will translate it for you all. Mm-hmm. It's called Illustrated Science. So I don't know, I think this might only be Danish. So maybe I'm giving a really bad recommendation. And it's, you know, I don't know how big your target audience is for da- Danish people. <laughs> but, but it's, it's a really <laughs> cool Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's a really cool magazine that illustrates science. So it kind of touches on all topics from, you know, the universe um, to human beings and how we were, you know, where we, where we come from and all of that stuff. So that's something that I really enjoy reading in my spare time as well.
2: Thank you. Thanks so much. Uh, And uh, yeah, perhaps one question, because you also were, dealing with learning experience, or no, with experience management for quite some time. So what was the latest learning experience What really mattered to you? So just if you uh, uh, look at your gut feeling, so what was the latest one?
1: I can't mention my podcast. <laughs> the latest one. <laughs>
2: the like, latest one. It's always the, the best. Okay.
1: Uh, the latest one. I mean, it was the podcast. It is the podcast because I'm still doing it. And I, this is actually not because I want people to listen to it. Cause I think I'm going the other way with talking too much about it, but it has just been such an amazing experience and learning experience to talk to experts um, that really know what they're talking about. And, especially because of COVID where it's always the conversation starter. At least I think at SAP, we can, we can say that when we have a meeting, it's always like, okay, so where are you in the world? What's going on? Like, are you able to go outside? And um, then knowing from, learning from these industry experts, what actually does go go on in the different industries and how it is being impacted. That's been a huge learning experience for me. I think, that's where I've spent my most of my time the past, I guess, months. So beyond that, I haven't had that much time to indulge in mm. that many other learning experiences. So that might be why my answer is a little bit limited. If I can go before the podcast, mm-hmm. I can talk about a learning experience that I had, um, which is actually how we connected, um, Thomas, But I did start a community at SAP, which was called a digital ambassador community. So that was actually a desire to bring together people from SAP because we're such a huge organization, but we have so many interesting and smart people. But it's hard to get to know people because we are either working from home or we're just sitting in one office, but we're missing out on opportunities to learn and to connect and to learn from others that might be sitting somewhere across the globe, but still has something interesting to say. So, I started this community called Digital Ambassador Community with about, I think we ended up being about 900 people. And what I tried to do was to set up learning experiences so that every single week I would invite a person from SAP to talk about a specific topic. And it was Quite broad. So it could range from a project that was going on internally at SAP, or sometimes I could bring in an external speaker who would talk about something they were doing, let's say in a startup that they were founding. I remember one of the times we talked about uh, Industry 4.0. So that was personally a huge learning experience because I got to learn about so many different topics that I honestly didn't know that much about. And then just connecting with those people was also just was an was an amazing experience. Um, and then I actually recently I can't talk about something else in the podcast. So <laughs> I did recently join something called Digital Tribe, which is kind of similar mm. to what I was trying to do, but it's a community for people that are interested in marketing and in digital. And it's a really cool community where I think everyone's an expert. I don't think I know everyone's an expert in something. And people really come together and set up these power sessions where they lo- learn from each other. So you can volunteer to do a, I think they call it like a superpower session where you talk about, for example, okay, I know something about digital marketing or I know something about SEO and then everyone kind of joins in and listens in. And I think that was also, that's been, at least so far, a huge, um, a really cool learning experience for me. So there was something else. I should have led with that instead of the podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no worries. At least we are all podcast addicted in this round here. So I hope some of our listeners too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: No, but uh, I think learning from others or learning in the network, I think that's uh, also excellent uh, point. And m- many... People we interview actually name that, and I personally also. So I really like that. Uh, that's a very p- good point. Perhaps just one, uh, one last, uh, uh, one of the last questions, because I was also part of this ambassador network, and I think this was a great, let's say, endeavor, a great project to bring all these different experts together at SAP, and they shared their knowledge and their experience. So. Uh, Of course, I learned from the others, but what did you learn in building up that network? I think that's a real, let's say, multiplier effect, right? So were there any other things what you learned in bringing together people and orchestrating that?
1: Yeah, I learned, first of all, I learned how many smart people there are at SAP, which, (laughs) not saying that I didn't know it before, but it definitely kind of baffled me every time there'd be a new person joining or I'd bring in the speaker. who's was just so knowledgeable about things that I just honestly had no idea about. So that was just, that was an experience that I learned a lot from. And then I would say something that I found really amazing and that I also think, by the way, is being emphasized under COVID is how eager people are to connect and to learn from mm-hmm. each other. And you hit on a key point there, um, Thomas which is peer-to-peer learning and teaching others, being mentors. I think that's actually something that I think is going to be more important in the future. Because I think during COVID, because we haven't been able to meet in person as we normally would, we haven't been able to get that human connection, establish that human connection. We've seen even more how important it is Mm. when you don't have it, right? It's always like when you don't have something, you realize how much you actually miss it or that you need it. And I think that's something that we have to be able to establish even more in the future because who knows how long COVID is gonna last? Who knows if there is gonna be a second wave? Who knows if something else is going to happen that's going to also again, completely dramatically change our lives. But we will always have the ability to communicate virtually to learn from each other virtually. And I think it's something that businesses need to be able to really focus on more. So I'm totally deviating from your question right now. Sorry about that and ranting a little bit. But what I wanted to say is that I was amazed by the time and the effort that people would put into getting that human connection, meeting other people, learning from other people. There is no arrogance. There was no one saying, well, I already know everything. You know, I don't need to learn from someone else. People were curious. Um, They came to the meetings that I set up. They came prepared with questions. They would even connect afterwards. So for example, I could set up a meeting, which I did on a weekly basis. An expert from SCP or an external person would come in and teach people about something. And then I find out afterwards that people had been connecting after. So sometimes they had set up like a project because they found out, well, I'm working on this, which is similar to what you're working on. And then they actually grew it from that first connection point to a more long-term project. And again, then the learning continues to live on. So I thought that was really, really cool. And something else that I also learned a lot from was I had these smaller sessions that we call roundtable discussions, which is not a new phenomenon. But essentially what I did is I set to the community. Okay. Who has a cool topic that you want to discuss with other people? And I had a lot of people coming back to me, like somebody was wanted to discuss customer success. And then I set up a roundtable group and I limited to about, I think it was 10 people. And then I said, okay, we have 10 people first, first, um, you know, service or, uh, whatever, whatever the expression is. And 10 people with even more would come. I would bring them together again in a virtual, this is all virtually by the way. So we joined a meeting I would be the moderator, so I'd introduce everyone. We all said something about ourselves. We got to know each other on also not just a professional level, but also like, a, you know, who are we outside of work? So we always, we had like a fun fact that we would mention. And then we'd kick it off with, I think we had three questions that we wanted to discuss related to the topic. And again, it was amazing to see the interest, the depth the of knowledge, the questions that people came with, and the discussion that it Fostered, so that was like something else that I I learned from from that on a more I guess detailed level.
2: All right, great. I think this were some uh, nice closing words. Or so, like, let's say that uh, that it's always good to do boost connections and peer to peer learning, and that, that this mm. really takes off. So I, I don't know, Christoph, if you have any f- uh, further questions, or josie if you uh, have anything that we missed to ask.
1: I don't think you've missed anything, but what I will say is that for all those listening, before we started the recording, I said, like, I don't have that long answers. I'm just going to, you know, probably won't be one of your longest podcasts. And now I'm realizing that I talked <laughs> so much. We took the hour. So, we took the full hour. So that was, I mean, because you ask great questions. And obviously, I'm very passionate about these topics. But what I will say, if there's anyone who's listening right now who's interested in connecting with me and speaking about the human connection if you have any tips for me about how I can do something better how I can improve then I am open to any um connection that that's out there so I don't know if you guys can put in my LinkedIn information that would be really cool and then I'm gonna sneak it in again then you can also listen to my podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we will definitely link it. And um, again, for everyone who is interested in SAP podcasts and what we are doing there um, on opensap.com slash podcast, I think that's that's the path uh, where you find all of our um, uh, podcasts and you you can pick and choose from uh, very different ones on different topics and that's that's really nice and um but Josie yours uh, was also one of the the early ones there so um you are also quite experienced and um it was really great to to have this yeah podcasting addicted round here so I love podcasting <laughs> as well so therefore for me it was really great and um yeah Josie and Thomas then I would just like to thank you for taking the time and taking that much time. And um, as usual, um, our audience and uh, listeners, you are invited to discuss with us on LinkedIn and we will put in uh, your profile there as well, Josie, so that um, if there are any further questions or feedback, just uh, let us know on on LinkedIn or uh, Twitter and um yeah i can also spoiler we are working on um the way to have discussions possible um on our podcast site so that you Ooh. can that we can have immediate discussions there as well so this might be be a good thing for building communities and things like that around oh, a podcast
1: i love that i love that it makes me so happy to hear and I also just quickly want to say, Thomas and Christoph, thank you so much for having me on the show. It was an absolute pleasure.
2: Okay, thank you, thanks thank so much, you. and thanks to for all the listeners, of course. Uh, say all well and safe. Yeah, yeah. we Have hope you found time. it interesting.
0: Thank you. All right. Bye bye. All right. Bye everyone. Bye. Cheers.